the perception hasn't yet caught up with the reality. That's it, in the general public and in the traditional publishing. Hi everyone, this is Ben Guest, and welcome to part four of my four-part mini-series on how to plan, write, edit, and publish your book. Today is episode four, Publishing Your Book, and my co-host for this series is Greg Larson. Greg is the author and editor of more than 80 books. In this episode, we talk primarily the differences between traditional publishing and self-publishing. There's a lot more information I have to share on self-publishing, having self-published my own memoir, Zen and the Art of Coaching Basketball, and Greg traditionally published through the University of Nebraska Press, his memoir, Clubby. We talk about both books in this interview. If you are interested in self-publishing, I can't recommend episode 34 enough. That's self-publishing, marketing, and promoting your book with author Mark Paul, who has moved more than 40,000 of copies of his self-published book. So there's a ton of information in that episode. And in this episode, Greg and I break down the differences between traditional publishing and self-publishing. Enjoy. Traditional publishing is just, it's an out, unless they transform their model to increase royalties and control to the individuals. Like it's just a model that's not gonna work much longer. The, The problem at the core of all of this is that from a readership standpoint, there is still this perception, maybe rightfully so, that a traditionally published book is going to be a better book than a self-published. And that might be true by and large right now. But if you self-publish on Amazon, for example, you could get 75% of royalties, I think. And then Amazon's printing services just print on demand and just take 25% of the royalties for their part of it. And you get 75%. And you own your book. And you own. Another problem is distribution. That self-publishing is those relationships are very real. So my publisher for Clubby, University of Nebraska Press has relationships with like Barnes and Noble or smaller publisher or smaller bookstores across the country. So that automatically, boom, before my book was even out, I had a thousand copies sold to these distribution outlets that that are solely based on those relationships that the publisher has built. Now, would it be possible for an individual author to build similar relationships with distribution? Yeah, maybe, but then that's how much, that's a lot of non-writing, non-promotion time. If you want to do all of the things that a traditional publishing house does, you're eventually going to have to become your own publisher. And in some ways that's the case, like building a relationship with your own copy editor, building a relationship with your own cover designer and person who does interior layout. Ideally, that would be the same person. But I look at my rights and my contract. So $1,500 advance, on the cloth bound, the hardcover, which is the only cover that's only one that exists right now in physical form, I get 10% of net proceeds from sales on the first 3,000 copies sold. And we sold like 1,500. And then I get 12.5% on the net proceeds for the next 2,015. So, like, I would max out at 15% royalties, net royalties. So, my first royalty check came in. This is based off of a sales period where I had about 1,500 sales, right? $818 for 1,500 copies sold. Now that's less the $1,500 signing advance. So approximately $2,300. That's like a dollar and 50 cents per copy, something like that is what I get paid. There has been a ton of great promotion around Clubby. Every single piece of promotion I've seen, you did yourself. Yes. It's truly shocking. I was busting my ass all summer. I didn't see, like, 
I didn't expect any help from my publisher and they lived up to that expectation. Like marketing wise, if I said, Hey, this person wants a review copy sent, could you send it to them? They were quick on that turnaround time, but I got no indication that they cared one way or the other. And I was expecting that going into it, but yeah, dude, like I was busting my ass getting into Forbes, LA times, all these really big publications and got pretty unbelievable blurbs that did move the needle for me, but it was all me. Right. And if we just do the math, so 1500 copies that worked out basically between the advance and the royalties, let's say 2300, 2400, somewhere around there. Okay. Let's say you sell 800 copies, self-published on Amazon and you sell it for $7, right? You're going to take, I think it's 70%. You keep 70% of the royalties, seven times 800 times 0.7. So that would be closer to $4,000. So if you sold 800 books yourself, which you've done all the promotion, you would have pocketed $4,000. Now, there is a, a press has chosen you, right? University yeah. of Nebraska Press can publish any fucking book. There's a million yep. books out there. They've chosen you. So in the future, you are a published author that a publishing house has selected. At the same time, I was talking to my dad about this because, you know, my dad is in his early 80s. And so to people of his generation and the generation after him, Houghton Mifflin publishing your book or whoever, Simon & Schuster publishing your book, that means something. But I said, Dad, when's the last time you opened a book and looked at who published it? No one even knows who's publishing books anymore. I agree. Okay. I agree for the most part, but there are two things I would contend. Those getting a contract from a big five or big six publisher is a... Mm -hmm far cry from getting a contract from a small press or a university press like that, that, that difference is like true and real as far as design goes. And as far as all of that goes, I would take a contract from a big five publisher. And then two, the, yeah, you're right that you, nobody looks at who the publisher is and says, Oh, I'm not going to read that because it's some made up thing, but it's very likely that you would never have the opportunity to dismiss a self-published book because it would never be in front of your face to be able to dismiss in the first place. Whereas if I pull a book off the bookshelf at the bookstore, like I got to assume an older person would, they're not going to have a self-published book on the bookshelf in the first place. Yeah, hundred percent. And also to finish doing the math, Yeah, you know, we said the two non-negotiables in the editing episode, the two non-negotiables are a good copy edit, good cover design that might end up being around $5,000. So if you got to pay for that out-of-pocket self-publishing, that $8,000 you just earned is now down to 3,000 versus the 2300 we just kind of spitballed. Yeah, you have control. That's a benefit of the self-publishing process is that you would have complete control over that and you could pick whoever you want who has availability. You have to put the costs up front, but to me, that would be worth it. Like the odds are I'm going to self-publish my next book. I'm glad I went the traditional publishing route my first book and now shift. And now it's like, okay, I have... I've been knighted by the traditional publishing world to a certain extent. I don't think I would have gotten that media attention if I were, you know, Greg Larson Press or whatever imprint I would make up. I don't think I would have gotten those media pieces. And now I have to ask myself, okay, the equation of, oh, getting in the LA Times sold me 30 copies. I have no idea. I take that away if I'm self-published. But what I'm really taking away is proceeds of $45 for better royalties and less media attention. 
This episode is brought to you by Self-Publishing Sherpa. If you're a busy entrepreneur, coach, or consultant, and you'd like to grow your business with a book, let's talk. Yes, this is Greg Larson, the guest on this episode, and here's the deal. Writing a good book is easy, but good books don't grow your business. Writing a great book that attracts new clients is hard, really hard. Editing is even harder. Add in cover design, interior layout, publishing, and marketing, and it's enough to keep you from writing a single word at all. Whether you already have your manuscript finished or you haven't written since high school, let our team of experts handle everything for you. In six months, yes, just six months, you'll go from book idea to holding your book in your hands ready to make you money. To learn more, visit selfpublishingsherpa.com where you can schedule a free, no sales, no extra nonsense BS call, a free outlining call to get started. That's selfpublishingsherpa.com. With the media attention, I'm definitely going to give you a call when I'm, you know, a couple weeks out from self-publishing my coaching memoir please, and just kind of put together the Greg Larson playbook. And then we can kind of see, okay, if, if you're self-publishing and, you know, doing some facsimile of the things that Greg did on his own, how much attention can you garner without, without a press behind you? Yes. I think you'd be able to get, my hypothesis is that you could get a decent amount of local media like your hometown, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, like local newspapers, that. But the national media, I still haven't been able to test that hypothesis yet. But we'll gladly walk through. I've I've got a course for it, media pitch mastery course with uh, self publishing Sherpa. I will gladly walk you through that process that I'm going to walk Ben through when when the time comes. Nice. Now I hope I don't die on Everest. Um, did you with Clubby? I think I know the answer to this, but did you write the book and then shop it around or did you do a proposal and a query letter and all that stuff? I did both. I was shopping it around when I was writing it, but I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was sending query letters and I started off by sending query letters and then people would ask me for a proposal. And I was just like, oh, I don't have a proposal. I've barely even written it. And then I finished the manuscript and I was sending query letters just because it was a memoir and I was shopping it like a novel. And that didn't hit. And then I wrote a proposal, but the work of the proposal, like the sample chapters in the proposal were already done. And like a lot of that work. Right. Was- and that's, that's how you then ultimately connected with university of Nebraska. Yeah. There the were proposal. a couple of university presses that were interested. And I went with Nebraska just because I liked their baseball catalog. Nice. And what, what is the world of university presses? It's basically like a small press with, it, it feels like it's halfway between a, a small press publisher, like gray wall for any i don't know any other small presses solaris or who the fuck knows what any of their names are but these small presses with a small catalog and a small team it's halfway between that and like a a a bigger publishing house like a university i don't know how to describe it man they seem like they have more history Mm -hmm. like they have a catalog that goes back farther than a newer press was it just like a cold, uh, a cold email, cold call that you gave University of Nebraska or what? Uh, yeah, I sent them an email. I, the sports editor, I had queried him before I'd even written the book. And he said, how is this any different than other sports books like Pat Jordan's baseball memoir was? He's like, how is this any different? And I was like, well, it's different because of this. He never responded. I queried him again, never responded. And then the, I think the third time I queried him, I had a proposal and he called me up and was like, yeah, I'm very interested. I'm going to bring it to the editorial board, but I think they'll be very interested. I had that phone call with him on in September of 2019. And then my book published April of 2021. Right. That's the other thing, right? 
Yes. Now, granted, part of that was because we were lining up with baseball season. He's like, look, I'd like to publish it in 2020 spring season, but it's a little too late for that. So we'll do 2021. Thank God, because it just happened to coincide with a lot of a lot of changes in the minor league system that happened to be going on this summer as my book came out. So the timing was serendipitous. Last question. So if I put myself on on the couch here, yeah. I'm working with this retired NBA player on his autobiography, an established author who says, traditional publishing is the way to go. Stop writing, do a proposal, shop that proposal. What's your advice? Proposal doesn't hurt. And my recommendation was we self-publish it. Now, having talked to this established author, he's like, don't self-publish, traditionally publish that, shop it around. And you would get paid to write the proposal? Yeah, if, if we're going to do that, for sure. I'm not going to write right. it for free. Right, right, right. My advice would be to both of you, right? To you, I would say, tell him that the odds are very good that he's going to waste money hiring you. Set, set that expectation that I will write the proposal for you. It, the odds are very good that you're going to waste money doing that, but I will gladly do it. But with him, it's like, if you really think that it's a worthwhile thing to do, let's go all in. Like, why not? Because maybe we're wrong and maybe you find out that there is a really good contract for him. Now, granted, getting in a, a large advance, for example, isn't always a good thing because if you don't earn out your advance, it's really hard to get the next book deal. Maybe he doesn't want to do another book deal. Who knows? But if he's even thinking about doing a traditional, like it's his book. Let him go that route. You've, you've guided him. Right. Right. I but think, my advice, my advice is, to him is going to be, nah, if you do that, they're going to own the book. It's not going to be published for two years. And, you know, let's say on our own, we sell what 3000 copies at whatever, $10 a copy. You're going to take home 24,000. Right. You know, is, is an advance going to generate that much money? Probably not. No publish it on our own and and then you own it and you collect 70% of the royalties. That's the end of my four-part mini-series on how to plan, write, edit, and publish your book. There's still much more to say, especially about self-publishing and marketing, which is the key once you publish your book. So future episodes and future issues of my email newsletter will go into more depth on both of those aspects, self-publishing and marketing. You can subscribe to my newsletter at benbo.substack.com. That's benbo.substack.com. Benbo is a family nickname, B-E-N-B-O.substack.com. There I have weekly podcast interviews just like this one, and I occasionally send out a newsletter post where I go into more detail about writing and self-publishing. So again, you can subscribe totally free at benbo.substack.com. Have a great day.